to another episode of Salvation Solutions, where we believe in building wealth, maintaining health, and overcoming poverty. I am Aviance. I am Aramis. And I am Pastor D. So, um, today, we are going to talk about this. Be, we're going to begin this episode. We're talking about the COVID, propo- this proposal for the COVID vaccine. I have my concern about, concerns about it, of course. <laughs> it's a crooked one. <laughs> but um, mm. just to give the people some yeah. insight on the proposal, in case they don't know. Why don't you let them know? So, the proposal that they're working on is <clears throat> it's built to incentivize people to take the vaccine. What they're effectively saying is, is we will give you your $1,500 stimulus check if you take the vaccine first. Now, they probably aren't going to tell you, you know, whatever side effects you may get from taking the vaccine. They, they may not go through all that with you, but you are basically signing a contract. You take the vaccine, you get the $1,500 stimulus check, and then we, we, we reduce the, the majority of the population's infection rate at that point, and then everybody's safer. That's the mindset behind it. And, you know, they're still working out the case with, you know, with the proposal and all that stuff, but, I mean, it, it's extortion. Is absolutely. I'd like to know who came up with this. Man. Who came up with this? Man? <laughs> people who want all like the know. poor people to try it first. Right. That's mm-hmm. who made right. it. Because them going to be yeah. the folks that's going to say, give me that $1,500. That's it. So you basically blackmailing and, you know, using folks as guinea pigs for $1,500. Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. The crazy thing is, so we had what they, I think the numbers is it, I know it's over 200,000 so far that have died due to COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so with this vaccine, not knowing what the side effects are, what if those numbers, that death rate is about the same oh, yeah. as well, COVID? Cause we don't know what the side effects are to this thing. It was still worth it in the name of science. For $1,500. They got paid. You can't even bury somebody for $1,500. <laughs> did you know, did you know that, that it removes the legal liability on the company if these people are paid to take this vaccine? Oh, really? Oh, does it? Gosh. Wow. That's, that's wow. in any case. Well, that, that's in any case. That really could be wow. the angle behind it. Right. Because these people are be, are getting money right. really for taking be, the vaccine. Really could, that really could be how they're covering themselves. Right. Uh, they were, they were just all from, all from this. Right. We paid you. You knew what the risks wow. were. Man. That's... Um, you know, what, what I found interesting was, you know, the, the former presidents and the current um, president-to-be and vice president-to-be said, they, we're going to take the vaccine ourselves. <laughs> if you think I believe you're taking the same thing I'm getting, Okay. All right. right. You think I'm believing that? <laughs> man, unless I see it come out the refrigerator, into the needle, into your arm. Come on, man. I don't believe that. Right. I hope nobody else believe they taking the same vaccine we're going to be getting. Yeah. They wouldn't risk their lives on the, on that. Right. I mean, come on. I just, you know, I thought that to be interesting. But, you know, folk going to believe what they want to believe. <laughs> but I'm not believing that. Right. I'm not believing that they're going to be taking the same vaccine the general public is getting. The same, no. the same amount, the same dosage. Uh, I just, you know. But, I mean, they, if they say they, you know. More power to them. Right. You know, I just, I just think it's just, you know. That's interesting, though, because even in the medical sense, even if you watch something as far as Grey's Anatomy, when they do trial, trials or whatever, they don't even know who's getting the real thing and who's getting a placebo. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, they don't even know. They, it's just whenever, whenever you're down on the table and they <laughs> open it, they say, oh, this is the real thing. Right, and they right. put, like, they don't even know themselves. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, I just, I just, you know, uh, there's a... There's a way, and I, you know, and I believe that, you know, they'll figure it out. But, you know, I believe there's a um, there's a way to do it and to make it happen that's more 
righteous or just than that. I mean, you know, some folks, you know, uh, got to take it. Some, I mean, but I hope their testing protocols and what they do in the name of science, they would be able to do that before they inject human beings with it. Yeah. Obviously, you never know what might happen until you inject it into a human being. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, to use anybody, to use anybody as, you know, uh, guinea pigs or, you know, Test dummies, I just think is a you know, if we can find a better way, we should find a better way. You know, salvation wouldn't wouldn't would have a different angle on it. It would be a different way, you know. Yeah. Um, As a business transaction, it's just it's 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 built so that it's in essence more beneficial to us anyway. Right. You know what I mean? We we trade time, our hearts, our our our, our you know, our worship, all that stuff for all of the benefits of the relationship, right. which is so much greater for us than it is for God. Right, 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 you know right. what I mean? Like it's, it's right. we, we, we're the beneficiaries. Right, right. We get the better deal. Right. Get the, you know, the, the one thing about that, and we're going to talk about this later is, you know, that that's one aspect of it. But from God's perspective, he looks at it as, you know, he, him being a lover, like, man, I get, I get my sons back. I get my daughters my family, back. Right. I get my folk back. Right. Yeah. I get my, that, that's, that's the ultimate motivation. So, but, but when you think about it, the Bible says, um, forget not, our Lord and remember all of his benefits, you know, to, to his great salvation. That's part of the motivation for coming to know our Lord is the benefits. Like, like God is like, uh, he's like benefit driven. Like, remember the goodness of God is what leads men to, to attract yeah. people to God. He wants to use that. So he uses his benefits. Um, it's in the, it's in Psalms a couple of times in the Psalms that, that, you know, the Psalmist reminded us that there are, there are, there are abundant benefits for an intimate relationship with our Lord, you know, and so we gotta we gotta see that we gotta recognize that, you know. Um, but salvation is based on on the benefits, and God doesn't have a problem. Like I don't care what religion tell you, God does not have a problem for you coming to Him because you want something. You don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem with it. You don't have no problem with that. Well, that's, that's crooked. Right. People should be going oh. to God with expectations. Right, right, right. He's right, not right. a genie. Right, right. That's, that's fine. That's still my father. That, right. I mean, listen, <laughs> genie me. <laughs> genie me. I love it when you come to me. Right. I love it when it's a blessing to me. Right. I just got on somebody. I don't know who I was getting on. I just got on somebody for sitting around and having a need, not calling me, telling me about it. I said, you robbed me. Mm. You robbed me. Right? You robbed me. I was serious. <laughs> You robbing yeah. me? Yeah, like you, you robbing me. Don't I do can't that show to you me. my love. You, you wow. right? Don't do that to me. You better not sit over there. And you, you sitting over there, and you got a need. You ain't telling me about it. I was serious. See, I, I believe when the Bible says it's more blessed to give yeah. than to receive. I believe that. Right? Don't don't do that to me. Don't you sit over there? Like don't don't you don't you tell me that ain't your birthday? He's right. He's my father. Right? Don't He's you tell mad me. At me. <laughs> He happy got birthday. a lot of nerve talking about happy don't birthday. tell what birthdays are. We got to wish baby happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to baby. Avi Love. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Praise wow. God. 35 today. Yeah. So, but, but my point is, but, see, has she not told me that? We'd have a problem. We'd have a problem. Right? The point is, you know, it's more blessed to give. Like, I agree with that, Pop, by the way. I, you? you know, if folks don't want to tell when their birthdays is, I got a problem with yeah. that. I got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on here. Because yeah. Papa D don't like telling nobody when that thing is. You don't find out till you see the birthday pictures on Facebook at nine at night. That is so that's, when, that's when I'm finding out. Know that. I had to put it in my calendar. Yeah, yeah, ain't no big deal. There ain't no big deal. If the wife don't post, we would never you know. We would never know. Oh. This all y'all need to know is I'm 25 forever that's all y'all need to know that's all y'all need to know 
You I'm can't be war. 25 with a 35-year-old Yes, you can. Daughter. Yes, you can. It's happening right now. No, but it's like, it's like you know, God, that's how we got to see it. That's salvation. It's man. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So don't you tell me when you got a need. Don't you, don't you sit over there and not call me. You know, and that's how we got to think. Right? We got to think like that, that the need is an opportunity for me as the giver to be blessed. I'm looking. I'm looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people. To give, I'm looking for opportunities to give to people, and that's how God. That's how God wants us to live life. Go I was just gonna real quick. So, yeah, where, where do you think that mindset comes from? Where where people think like because it, it you see parents do this. Well, they only call me when they need something. Mm. I, I'm not a. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there, there. It had to have started somewhere. Where, where does that come from? Yeah, really it comes from a need to feel significant mm. right it comes from a need to feel like you know um you are you're you're bigger than what what you really you know you really are i mean if you're comfortable like like listen if you if you if you're comfortable in who you are if you believe in who god has made you to be if you believe in the love of god like you really to really get to the root of that issue it's it's a love issue it's a love relationship issue there's nothing more empowering at the same time, there's nothing more grounding than love. When you're in a love relationship with God, there's nothing more, more um, satisfying. There's nothing more uh, uh, filling. Man, I don't, need, I, don't need no, I don't need nobody else to love me. Once, you, once you're entangled in this love affair with God Almighty, I don't need nobody else to call on me. I don't need nobody else to look to me. Listen, use me. I don't care. Because that's that's what love says. That's what love does. Love love is like listen here. Bible says while while we were yet sinners, he died for it. Listen, we wasn't even on his team. We weren't even on his team. Like we was we was fighting against him. He wasn't even on the team. Use me. So do you think? And I don't want to get too far off topic, but do do you do you think that it's it's more of a. a communication issue that like, okay, so here, here's the premise that I'm thinking of behind this question. Let's say for instance, I go, I go a month without talking to, to my parents. Right. And then I call them up, you know, because I, I'm, I'm broke busted somewhere need to need to be able to get home. I'm in trouble. I need help. Right. And then the response I get is, well, where you been for a month? You ain't called nobody in 30 days. You ain't did this and that. It it serves you right to be, you know, stuck out there and doing this, this, that, and the other thing. You shouldn't have been out there. You should have been calling. You should have been coming over. You should have been visiting. Stop, 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 stop. stop. (laughs) Ain't no love in that, man. Ain't no love in that. That's that's just, ain't no love in that. Okay. So that kind of answered, like, the question was, is it it, it a matter of the love in the parent? Especially if I don't know why you ain't called me. Especially if I don't know why you, if, if I don't know. Right. I was just it's just I, I just don't see no love in that. I mean, I, I mean, I just don't see no love in that. You know, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, even when even when I mean, we got to get to a place. And I'm speaking specifically as the body of Christ, mm-hmm. we got to get to a place to where. We we really believe we really believe in in forgiving people, We really believe in not holding on to anger like the Bible says. Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. A fool is one who says no to God. So basically I'm saying, no, I, Lord, I know you don't want me to be angry, but I'm going to be angry. I'm holding on to this because they should, they should, that should, they should. You know what? Uh, and, you know, there's no rule. You got to take it case by case. You know, um, a parent might be justified in saying that. We don't know, but 
initially off you know what you just presented i I just don't see no love no love in that i mean come on man listen i mean we should really be at a place to where it's hard for me to stay mad at you it's like it's hard for me to stay angry at you that's how that's the effect of salvation like like man that's it's hard like it's hard like I, i wish i could stay upset with you a little longer right but it's hard you know so you know that's where we should be with that it's just you know we gotta we gotta be rooted and grounded. That's a. That's what the uh, Paul prayed. Uh, that's one of the prayers Paul prayed for the church that we will be rooted and grounded in love. That's where everything begins. We got to be rooted and grounded in love. And when you're talking about relationships, you know, um, in the book we're talking about the relationship between Black America and White America. That that relationship has to be viewed from the perspective of love. We got to be rooted and grounded in love. And I just don't think that that perspective. Again, not knowing all the details of, you know, everybody's details are different. But whenever it comes to a, a, um, a relationship between a father uh, and a son or daughter and a mother and a son or daughter, you know, you have to find, you have to find space. I was, in a, I was in a conversation with somebody and they just had a situation with their parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they went through the whole thing, you know, and I'm hearing them out. And I'm, like, okay, and I'm you know, I'm empathizing with both sides. Mm-hmm. But when it's all said and done, how are we reconciling this thing? Mm-hmm. How are we fixing it? I, I, I get it. They was wrong. Right. Listen, how are we fixing it? Right. That, that's how we got to think. How are we fixing it? You know, um, so that's what it comes down to. How, how we reconcile, how we get it. Because when you're in love, you hate, you hate broken relationships. When you're in love. Now, when you ain't in love, okay, I get it. But we, we believe it, we should be in love. Like, in love, is that's it. You know, so. Well, speaking of love, I know that love is one of the one of the whys oh, yeah. of getting re- reparations to Black mm-hmm. America. So why don't we go into that about the whys? Yeah, so we're still we're still. Um, I just got word, just so we know. Uh, my book printer called me. Um, there was a uh, hold up for some reason. Uh, so in the back of the book, they want to promote my first book. Mm. So there was some, you know, some some they couldn't find the files or something like that. So the book is going to print Monday. We should have our copies either by Thursday, by next week, by Saturday when we come, we should have copies, so that'd be good. But we're talking about um, the why. The, the title of the book is Reparations Now and Why. And th- that title, you know, it, it, it was very interesting. I didn't know at the time that that title was kind of a buzzword Within the political arena, uh, specifically within the um, Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, Why? You talk, you're talking yeah, about? Okay. Uh, the, the, actually, the title <laughs> of the book. Um, one of the, uh, I just watched an interview by um, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson, and she said, you know, now was the time for reparations. She said it now. She said, we need reparations and now. And I and I, I text I text my I said Dave did you did you I got to see this video where where you know they they're quoting the title of the book. Um, I really believe God is moving by Spirit. God is moving, and it's not just amongst believers; it's amongst non-believers. Um, you know, I just recently found some data. Anyway, and this is not a, nothing to brag about. But I just recently came across some data that it shows that you'll have more of white America more ready and agreeable with the grant of reparation to, to black America than you would white Christians based on some polls. It's incredible. Wow. It's incredible. So, so I see God moving by a spirit and I really believe God's going to turn that around as well. I really believe, I told y'all when God said, I said, Lord, 
who's going to make America grant black America? Who's going to make America's government grant black America reparations? He said, my people. He said, my people. Like God's people, right? God's people. If, it, if at the very least there's a remnant that's going to create a rumbling, that's going to create a roar, that's going to cause an uproar, whatever it takes, you know, but it's going it's to come from start. It's going to be stimulated by God's people. So it's, it's imperative that we unite, that we unite. Because, because the first why, the first why that God gave me as it pertains to reparations now and why is based on love. It's based on love. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave. That love included black folk. That love included black America. There was a time in Christian circles that they didn't believe that. There was a time. There's a time in today's white America non-believer and black America, I mean a white American believer that, that folks don't think that's the case. But God has a vehement love for black America. And, and I'm saying that specifically because the way I view my salvation is if I was the only one on the earth, Jesus would have still came for me. If I was the last man left, he would have still came. I see it very personal and very intimate. And I, and I, and I, and I apply that perspective to every category of life. He has a vehement love for black America. He also has a vehement love for Asian America. He has a vehement love for Lebanese America. He has a vehement love for white America. He does. Right? We can't deny that. We all got to share him. Right. Nobody's saying it's all about us. Right, right. (laughs) No, we got to share him. We got to share God. Like, you can't can't monopolize God. Yeah. Right? White folks have wanted to monopolize God, specifically white Christians. They want to monopolize. You can't, we got to share him. Right? Just like we got to share America. We got to share America. God didn't just give this land to white Americans. He didn't give it to the white. It wasn't specifically for them. It was for it was for all nationalities and all ethnic groups. But but we gotta we gotta see that. You won't see that unless you're looking through the eyes of love, right? Love love is how God decides and does things in every aspect of what He does. So the first aspect of the why is His love, His vehement love, His vehement love for Black America. He has a love for us, and that love that love moves Him, moves Him to be judicial in how he relates to them. Can I cut you off? Yes, Before you, can. you yeah, go yeah. into going yeah. to the, the next one. So with love, with, with you saying that with the, the data of white Americans versus white Christians, why do you think we have such a love problem in the church? Because that's, that's speaking to a love problem. Well, well, what we're talking about is so, so okay, so um, remember I told you I'm reading a book, it's called White Too Long by by Brother Robert P. Jones. Uh, you got to get, uh, every believer should read it. It's a historical perspective on where the church has stood and the church's position on everything from the emancipation to civil rights movement to, you know, politics today. Um, he was excellent, excellent, excellent book. Uh, I would encourage you to get it. But he's, he, he, Robert Jones is the CEO of, um, it's called PRI, PRRI. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, I think it's Public Religious something Institute. I, I can't remember what it is. I'm sorry, but just look up Robert Jones. It'll give you all the information. Robert P. Jones. It'll give you all the information. So what he does is this. So he goes into a whole um, um, breakdown of why we are where we are. In addition to that, it stimulated me to see 
And to be able to answer your question, why are, why why do we have a love problem? Because salvation salvation has to be presented in a more comprehensive way. It's not enough for me to say, or for me to pray a prayer and now say, "Well, I'm saved," and keep on going on with life. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not enough. You have to you have to you have to go deeper than that. There has to be there has to be a um, uh, a, a renewing of the mind. Mm-hmm. In the book, he brings out he brings out that people who attend church on a regular basis, people who attend prayer meetings, people who attend worship services on a consistent basis, are more prone to hold on and to have a defense mechanism toward white supremacy. It's incredible, right? So, so what that said to me was, oh, okay, well, wait a minute. Going to those meetings, it isn't enough. There has to be an intimacy, a love affair with our Lord that transforms the way you think that will directly affect the way you act. It's not enough to stay on the surface when it comes to your Christianity. It's not enough to be an outer court believer. It's not enough to be an inner court believer. You got to go to the holy place. You got to get it. See, that's where love flourishes. That's where love is, is without limits. That's where love consumes you. Right. The Bible says that that um, love is a consuming fire. Right. We talked about we I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but I, I said people want to love with space. They want to be in love with God, but they want to be further enough away from him that I can still do what I want to do. Right. Right. But love is designed to chew away all the space to bring you into a oneness, oneness in thought, oneness in action. The reason that there's a love problem is because we're not going we're not we're not going deep enough. And what we're being taught and what we're hearing aren't things that draw us into, into that love affair. Now, but I, I do believe this. I don't put all the blame on what's coming out of the pulpit because you have a responsibility to have an intimate relationship with God for yourself, right? You ain't going to be able to stand before God and say, well, God, well, he said, he said, no, no, I'm going to deal with him later. Right now, I'm talking to you. Right. What did you do to draw closer to me, right? So, you know, th- there's a lot of reasons, different reasons for it, but I, I really believe that it starts with, it starts with once, once you come to me and you say, I want to accept Jesus, I say, okay, wonderful. But now here's, here's what we got to do to get to where you want to go. See, for me, my question was, Lord, what must I do to be the man you called me to be? I wanted to go all the way to the, I wanted to score a touchdown with the thing. Like, I wasn't playing with it. Like, let's get that thing in the box. So, for me, it was about not only, you know, a, 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 a confession or, or, or a minor prayer, but it was more of a, Man, what do I have to do to change? Like, what do I have to do to be, to be a different person? You know, so I think when you do that, you know, love has to be at the forefront. Love has to be at the forefront. And I, I just don't know if that's what's at the forefront of a lot of people. Like, we talk about reading your Bible. Like, like I didn't start reading my Bible to gather biblical information. I started reading my Bible because I wanted to know love. I wanted to know love. Man, that, I wanted to know love. Like, I, that was it. Like, right. I want to know love. I mean, in the process, I gathered the knowledge of the Bible and scripture and concorded and all that stuff. But I wanted to know love. And once I started reading the thing, I started seeing love. I started getting closer to love. I started building love. I read my Bible because I want to know love. 
Not because I want to be the quote scripture. Well, see, that's interesting because you say that you wanted to read the Bible for love. But some people would say, well, I don't interpret the Bible the way that you do. Some people some people actually want to be stuck in the Old Testament where God was doing a lot of judging and a lot of laws and things of that nature. So I think it may be the way that people may be reading it as well. Well, I was I, that, that whoever that person would be, they're off. They're off and they'll never hit the target. Because if you don't want to know love, you don't want to know God. So you're going to always be off. Because God is, is love. love. You got to want to know God. Listen, listen. If you don't, if you don't want to know God, then you really don't want to know the word. Because Jesus is the word. Well, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Here's he, the he's thing. The word. Because I, I, would, I would think that Yes, yes, God God is love. But the, the second part of the Bible is about Jesus who shows God's love. And people don't really believe <laughs> that Jesus, you know, is from God, is of God. That, so Yeah, that person will never Jesus listen, the Bible says Jesus was the express image of his person in Hebrews. That word means the exact duplication in kind, in thought, and in action. It says Jesus was the in the beginning. No, I'm quoting wrong scripts. I want to I want to quote it right. It says uh, in sundry time in in in, uh, in sundry times. Let me just read it. Um, God spoke unto them by the by the prophets. It said oh, verse one. It, it says um, Hebrews 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 one, chapter one, verse one. God in sundry times in diverse manners back unto the time past unto the fathers by the prophets had in these last days spoken unto us by, by his son whom he appointed all, heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. That means the exact duplication of kind in thought, in feeling, in action. You can't get no greater expression of God how God thinks how God functions, how God acts, how God feels, than seeing how Jesus functioned and lived his life on earth. That was the highest expression God has ever revealed himself to man is through Jesus. That's why it's imperative that we study, we study the, the functionality of Jesus, right? We, we study the, the ideologies of Jesus. We study the, the responses of Jesus because it is, he, is the, he is the highest expression of who God is and how God functions that God has ever given man, right. right? So they need to come out of that, even that though, the old, they seeing it wrong because that's a, that's a, um, a, prophetic, a prophetic utterance of Jesus or what was to come. Like we're going to read a scripture today in Isaiah that deals with that. But Jesus, he's the highest expression of who, of who God is and how God functions. If you want to know what God would do in a particular situation, how God would act in a particular situation, then look at the life of Jesus and, it, and it'll be there for you to see. Okay. So I know that there's, there's some other whys and um, you mm -hmm. did say oneness as, as well, but I know you was getting into the, the judgment and the justice of that too. But can, can you speak of oneness since we're talking about right. love as well? No doubt. So, so love, love is designed. So the greatest, the greatest example of of our covenant relationship between God and man is marriage, right? What's the goal of marriage? 
And oneness. I, it's oneness. I'm sure I've shared that with you. It's oneness. That's the goal of marriage. It's oneness. Man, we could spend the whole show on that. But oneness, that's the goal of marriage. It's oneness. The goal of our relationship with God is oneness. It's to bring us into a place. Listen, this, this, and Paul said it. This is the Bible. Where we speak the same and we think the same. To some folk, marriage, oh, I ain't never going to think like him. I can never. Well, you, you're not operating in the highest degree of marriage then. The goal I'm of not marriage. I'm sharing my money with them. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's no, a big deal. No, like, no. Listen, I don't even know if you want to be married talking like that. Yeah, right. Folks talking like that. I don't even right. know if you want to be married. You got to hide money from me. That, That's silly. That's sorry. No, that's silly. That's silly. Yeah, I, I, I might as well meet y'all meet y'all at the, at the people. Then <laughs> <laughs> this thing, you thinking like that. I might as well meet y'all downtown. That's silly. No, that's silly. But my point is, the, the goal of marriage is oneness. It's to speak the same and to think the same. If you speak the same and you think the same, then guess what? You're going to do the same. Right. So when we when we're talking about oneness as it relates to why God, why God wants reparations to be granted and that he's going to see to it that reparations is granted to black America is so that he can bring black America, specifically speaking, the black church and the white church first and white America and black America into a oneness. This will only happen through the process of reconciliation, through the process of of reconciliation. Reconciliation is a process. Reconciliation is not. And I was, this Robert Jones was bringing this out in the book. You can't, we can't circumvent the process or we can't take a shortcut through the process of reparations. Most white Americans and most white Christians Americans, they want, they want reconciliation to look something like this. We're sorry. Black folk forgive us. We move on. Right, right. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, 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 it ain't working like that. It don't work like that. No, I get you sorry. I'll consider forgiving you. But what we got to talk about the repair. Remember, reconciliation, godly reconciliation has two aspects to it. It has repentance, which means you got to see me differently now. White man, you got to see black man differently. Like you got to see him as your equal. You got to see him as God sees him. That's really what it's about. Because repentance means to think, to, to return to the original way of thinking. Right. That means think the way God intended for us to think. God that's, like, that's, like, that's like if I'm working at a shop, right? Mm -hmm. And someone brings me their car and they need an oil change. <laughs> right? I already know where you're going. <laughs> I drop the old oil out of there, put the cat back in there, you know, throw, I don't know, one quarter oil right. in there, right? Send them off. Right. Here you go. You good. They go start driving. All of a sudden, they're hearing the engine doing things you that they never the did engine. before. Right. All right. They break down. They get the car towed back to my shop, and wow. they come in and they say, "I brought my car to you to fix. It left your shop and it broke. What are we gonna do?" And you gonna give them the and rest I, of the oil? No, no. I'm oh. not even gonna say that. I'm gonna say I, I'm sorry. And that's oh, it. Oh no, we got a problem. We got a problem. I'm sorry. We got I, a problem. But I apologize. Why? Why? Why is this not right. done? Right. No. That's why, exactly why we still got a problem. That's exactly what it is. Or a step further. Step. They take it a step further. Because this is where we are really. When we gave y'all black president, that's what that's what um, Miss McConnell said. We gave y'all civil rights. Well, I gave you a new air filter. Right. They ain't got nothing yeah. to do with it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> they got to do with the problem. Right. So, so like you said, well, here I'm gonna give you here. I forgot. Oh, I forgot to put all. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna give you another can of oil. But my engine tore up. <laughs> Right, the engine blown up already. Blowing up I, I need a new engine. No, you're gonna pay for the engine. Right. Because right. you know, so but 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 God intended for white men to see black men as their equal, and he intended for black men to see white men. 
as they're equal. He tended for white women, black, same thing. I mean, we're all, we're all created in the image and likeness of God. And until you see me like that, you ain't all the way dealt with your white supremacy, right? Um, so I, I, the, the root of it, the root of it. So, so I was talking to somebody this week and we've fallen short of really what it's all about. We think, we think emancipa the emancipation ended white supremacy. It didn't. It might have, it might have, and we got, a, we got a whole nother conversation about this. It might have ended <laughs> slavery legally in certain states, mm -hmm. but it didn't end white supremacy. See, see, slavery is the expression of white supremacy. Yeah. White supremacy isn't the expression of slavery, right? So just because we ended slavery legally does not mean white supremacy ended. That's why you see it manifested in Jim Crow. You see it manifested in black code. You see it manifested in redlining. You see it manifested in economic oppression. You see it manifested in the maldistribution of the wealth and the resources of this land. You see it manifested in depriving black folks of, you see it manifested in all kinds of ways. Same spirit, different application. Same spirit, different manifestation, different application. Exactly. So what we got to get to the point, is I don't even know if you, the only one thing, I shouldn't say that, there's only one thing that can deal with, that can deal with white supremacy. And that is, that is not just a confession of salvation, but a complete transformation via salvation. That's how you deal with that white supremacist thought. So but what we can do is we can, we can curb the expression of it legislatively, but you can't legislate it. We won't legislate it out of America, right? right? But we can do enough legislatively to prevent it from fully manifesting and having the effect that it's had on black America for these past 400 years. God wants us to repent. Oneness will only come through going through the process of reconciliation, which begins with a godly sorrow. See, one of the reasons why we need to make black folk and white folk aware of what took place in all of its completion and its trueness is so that it can it can create a godly sorrow. Yeah. A godly sorrow which worketh repentance not to be repented of. And then it gives you the. Um, the, the application and the response of a person who's experienced godly sorrow. And it, it gives you a list of things we went more in the previous show, but then that produces a whole new person. And that's what it's going to take to deal with the spirit of white supremacy. It's a spirit. Now the acts of that spirit, we can, we can, we can eliminate and we legally, we can eliminate and then punish those and repair those, punish those who administer it and repair those who suffer it. Right. And I think that's what that's what it's going to take. That oneness will produce a a revelate or will release a revelation of God, a beauty of the Lord that will attract the unbeliever. I don't know if you talk about this in the book, but how do you separate the 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 areas of the word where people derive that white supremacist mindset from where we're, where we're deriving the, the spirit of reparations. You when know you, what I mean? Like how, yeah. how, how do you avoid people trying to, I guess, call the word hypocritical in that, in that sense? Well, there, there are those who, who we talked about earlier, when you approach the word from the wrong perspective, mm -hmm. right? So Paul said it like this. He says, um, the Bereans, they searched the scriptures 
It's nothing wrong with me checking you up and, and fact finding and, right. and making sure what you're saying is right. Right. But it's my perspective when I do that. He says the Berean church, they searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. See, they went to the scriptures looking to prove Paul right, not to prove Paul wrong. Most white supremacists, when they, 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 they formulated that ideology in their mind, then they went to the scriptures to back it up. Oh, okay. Okay. They didn't get that from the scriptures and then go propagate it. Okay. So, so for what, some kind of way they formulated that in their mind, then you can probably taking the Bible out of context, yeah. find something in there yeah. to support your ideology. <laughs> yeah. But if you take it out of the context of love, see, that's what happened to Satan. He thought he could, the Bible says in Isaiah, Ezekiel, that I will destroy the most high. He thought he could overthrow God with words he saw god create he saw god do the things he did by the power of his words and he's sitting back there well i can do the same thing you know he got lifted up in pride and glory in all of his glory and he figured he figured he could he could overthrow the throne of god with by speaking it he had he had deceived you know a third of the angels but he he missed one thing unless the word is spoken in love it don't work mm. it don't work faith Worketh by, by love. love. If you don't speak the word of love, then it, it don't work. Right? And that's what happened. We go to the word of God without love. We go to the word of God not searching for love. We go to the word of God trying to um, find something that match my ideology. Right. Then I'll get off. So you separate you separate that by, by you know, and again, you have to know the person and know yeah. something about the person and, and say, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure they, they got off. Instead of them going to confirm like you'll have some people go to the word of God and try to deny that it's the word of God for black folks to be reparated instead of going to the word of God because all I put in the book is the word <laughs> instead of going to the word to see if those things are so but if you go in there trying to pinpoint and trying to, trying to say trying to prove it ain't yeah, so then you'll find something but that's not that's not the way of God like like if, if, if I'm saying something to you that's wrong God will let you know he'll reveal it to you he let you know. I give you an example. I was listening to a brother talk about some <laughs> talking about relationships, right? Talking about you need more than love. Oh no, something ain't right Wait, with that. Wait, because I'm wondering. Yeah, right I'm wondering if you talk about a certain video that's been circulating. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay, but said you you need more than love. How, how can you need more than love? How can you need more than love? How can you need more than love? Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing more than love. You need more than love to have a good marriage. No, you don't. Well, that just shows the understanding of love is, is very small. Right. Exactly. The point is, the point that I was making with that is, is they don't have, they don't have, they're not going to the word with the right perspective. Yeah. Right. The perspective has to be right. So you, you, you would distinguish between those who really, who really want, they want the will of God, man. They want God. They're not, they're not idolizing God. They're really worshiping God. They want and they'll go, they'll go to the word of God, you know, and if they hear something to prove, listen, prove, listen, I want to prove them right. Like I want, I want them to be right. Like I want them to be right. And then God will show you, no, they ain't right. Or God will show you they right on. <laughs> you know, one of the two. And that's how we do it, you know. Um, so, yes, go ahead. Okay. So, so to think about the love thing. Okay. So the only thing that came to my mind, though, with love not being enough. Mm-hmm is that there are some relationships 
that are that are together because one party loves and the other party is not loving at all. Right, I get that. So is so sometimes love isn't enough because if you are being constantly hurt by someone, you do have to love yourself more than being hurt in that love. Or am I wrong? Right, no, no. Wait, where you said that? Let's see how you said it. You said you said so sometimes love isn't enough when 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 the other one is not loving. Love isn't enough to do what? Love isn't enough to, to, to keep to sustain that relationship. If it's if it's if only one party is is loving and the other party is constantly hurting. Right. Well, no, we'll get it. Okay. But for a marriage to work, both parties gotta love. Okay. No, I just so, want I just wanted you to say yeah, that. So I that's not saying, to take that. But that's not that's not an indictment <laughs> on love. Both parties gotta be loved. Okay. Gotta love. That's not. There's, an, there's still an extension of well, not an extension, but there's still there's still a period of long suffering that has to go with. Well, the, that too. That that, that that that. But what she's saying, she's looking at it. She's looking at it schematically, okay. mechanically. Okay. Like mechanically, yeah. marriage is designed for both parties to love. Right. So when when there's when there when you can't say love wasn't enough because you got one person not playing right. Right. <laughs> They're not playing us. They're not playing by the rules. <laughs> so that's on that person. If that person They're was playing by the rules, they ain't playing right. Playing right. That's the that's the sport. Yeah, right. that's it. They ain't playing right. Right. Flag on them. Throw the flag on them. Eject them. Get out the game. They ain't I wish playing it would right. Be a relationship ref to just pop it. <laughs> that's probably a relationship ref. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna use that relationship ref. I'm taking that. I'm taking that. I like that. I'm a relationship ref. I like that. It's on video. They know I said it first. Yeah, that's okay. But I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it. I can take it. But it's it's the thing. You're right. In that scenario, we still can't say love is not enough because this person ain't operating in it. It ain't operating in it. We can't say this that love was enough to sustain it. Your love, or that person that is loving was enough to sustain it yeah. as far as it got sustained. But there is a place in love where you get cut off. Right, because as you said There's before, a place God in love. is long-suffering, not forever. Not forever suffering. Right, right, right. But yes. that don't mean love wasn't enough. Right, okay. Love, and there's a place in love where God will cut you off. The Bible says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. Right. There's a place where enough is enough. You're not gonna mm -hmm. keep treating my baby like that, right? Right? And we're gonna. That's what God. That's what God is right now with Black America and White America. Y'all not gonna keep treating them like that, mm. man. That's the way it is. Mm. Y'all not gonna keep treating Black America like you've been treating them. I love them. That's my beloved. Mm. They belong to me. They created in my image and in my likeness. This is over what, mm. and that's what we. That's the spirit of what we're talking about. Yeah. The why love enough is enough. Enough is enough. White America, enough is, it's been 400, I've given you space to repent. It's been 400 years. It's time for it to come to an end. That's why the, the, the biggest why, the biggest reason for the why is love. Because they're my people. And I wouldn't be doing them just if I didn't make you reparate them. If I didn't see to it that they were repaired properly. That wouldn't be love for black America. Ain't no love in that. That's why whatever he has to do, whoever he has to stir, if he got to go to Biden or Kamala in a dream and say, reparate my people or else he's going to see to it that it gets done. He's going to see to it. He's going to see to it. 
because love, it wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be just. It wouldn't be right. He can't claim to be the God of justice. Jesus can't claim to be the God who establishes his throne, his throne, his throne. One of the things we want to talk about is Isaiah, Isaiah chapter nine. His throne is established, is about establishing judgment and justice. That's what it's about. Isaiah the ninth, I believe this, the ninth chapter, the seventh verse. It says, um, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of the host will perform this. Jesus government is about establishing judgment and justice. It wouldn't be just. It wouldn't be uh, uh, the, the judgment of love not to reparate black America. He has to do it. And he's going to stir up his people. He's going to stir up the church, white church, black church. He's going to stir us up and he's going to bring us together and we're going to take a stand and we're going to go to the U.S. government and we're going to say this needs to happen. This needs to happen or you won't be in power. That's what's going to happen. That's how it's going to happen. Well, praise God. You know what? We're going to do you one, boo. We're going to be good to you today. <laughs> um, so before before we end, again, remember that we are on YouTube. Make sure you like, share, comment, uh, Salvation Solutions. And before we end, anything else you want to say about the book or any type of closing? Are, are, are you full? I'm full. I'm you full? Right okay. <laughs> so um, so I know. You get yeah, man. <laughs> <Get the items. laughs> So in the um, beginning, you did say we should get the book soon. Anything else that you well, want to I will, close I will with? have one one thought, mm -hmm. and that deals with um, that deals with equality. I did want to mention that, and Jesus told a parable that gave us the perspective on what on what society views as equality, and is in Matthew's Gospel, the twentieth chapter, the twelfth verse, when Jesus told a parable about the landowner that hired servants from six o'clock in the morning to five o'clock at night, and he paid the ones he hired at 5 o'clock the same amount he paid the ones at 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. And the ones when they found out that he paid the people he hired at 5 o'clock the same amount, they made this statement to him. They said, they said, what you did wasn't just. He said, well, why do you say that? He says, because you made them equal to us. I know we're, we're marching for equality. We're fighting for equality. We're chanting for equality. We're asking for a lot of things to express equality. But true equality won't be fully seen or manifested into this economic equality. Mm. And reparations is going to accelerate the economic equality being established in our America. And God's going to see to it that it happens. And when that happens, you're going to see a revival breakout that's going to reveal the goodness of God. And America will be what God, what God intended for America to be. Praise God. Okay, this is another episode of Salvation Solutions, where we believe in building wealth, maintaining health, and overcoming poverty. Until next time, continue to be safe and be blessed.